You are Locked On Jets, your daily podcast on the New York Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are listening to the Locked On Jets podcast on this Tuesday, August 7th, 2018, and I'm your host, John B. from gangrenenation.com. If you like listening to this show, subscribe to it on iTunes or Spotify, and the show will be automatically delivered to your device each morning when we post it. And also, if you enjoy the show, give it a good review in iTunes. We certainly appreciate it. Yesterday was the first time in 2018 training camp that I was there, so I got to see the Jets in person. And today, I wanted to share some initial reviews I had on Sam Darnold because it was the first time I watched Darnold uh, throw in person in training camp. And, you know, there's plenty that happens in these practices, but. I think everybody right now is focused on Sam Darnold. He is kind of the franchise savior. He was the I mean there's a reason the Jets traded up to from 6 to 3 to get him. There's a reason that the Jets gave up three second round picks to get him. I think he 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 is the man most people are paying attention to this uh this year in training camp. So, I wanted to sh- sh- just share some initial thoughts that I had from and it, I must put this 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 disclaimer up front. This was one day of practice. You would never judge a player's entire career. You would never base a base section of a player's career based on one game. So certainly I would encourage you to not do so based on what I'm telling you about one practice from Sam Darnold. But I did have some initial thoughts. And the first thing that I go back to is I, I can't help but compare him to the last early round quarterback the Jets drafted, Christian Hackenberg. And there was just something that, that really stuck out to me about Hackenberg last year when I was watching him in training camp. And you know, a lot of people say, and I actually kind of agree with this, you have to see somebody in person to really get a good feel for how he is as a player. And that's especially true as a, of a quarterback. You have to watch how he throws the ball. And I go back to a year ago, and I remember I was at MetLife Stadium, and I was for the green and white practice, and I was in Florham Park for a few days, and the thing that just really jumped off the screen, the the thing that really just stood out to me about Hackenberg, and I remember I was sitting in the press box at MetLife Stadium and the green and white practice watching them warm up, was how difficult even the most basic tasks were for him, and I you know I kept my mouth shut at the time because. Everybody went crazy last year. There were some reports that Hackenberg was so so inaccurate that he was hitting reporters. He was his throws were wild, and they were hitting reporters on the sideline during OTAs. And a lot of people jumped ugly with that. And you know, I guess I'm a politician. I care about my approval rating, so I didn't want to jump down, go down that road because I didn't want everybody you know getting all mad at me. But I just remember when I was sitting in that press box at MetLife Stadium, saying, and. It, it, no, the thing that really stood out to me was even when he was warming up, just soft tosses to warm up, how inaccurate his throws were, how off target his throws were, and that was. I mean, I know the you you might take a logical step there and say if the guy can't throw accurately during warm ups, how's he going to during the game? And that's actually one of the thoughts that that went through my mind as I was watching him, and it just was a case where even the most basic basic tasks seemed labored to, to Hackenberg. And you know, as I watched some of the practices last summer, one thing that was pretty obvious to me was that Hackenberg has a good had a good fastball, 
but he could not throw a pass with any sort of arc on it. He, if he had to throw any, any kind of touch throw, he was in trouble, and he was just wildly inaccurate, even when he was never under pressure. And, you know, the play, and I'm not blaming Hackenberg for this, but the play Quincy and Nunwa got hurt on, Hackenberg underthrew him, and Nunwa had to, was trying to adjust to the ball. I'm not saying that's the reason, and I'm not saying Hackenberg's the reason Nunwa got hurt, but that was a play that just kind of stuck out in my mind because it was a basic play during drills and the ball was inaccurate. He threw an inaccurate pass. So that's, you know, that's kind of my frame of reference when I went in yesterday and watched Darnold. And with Darnold, it, it, I kind of had the opposite impression. I felt like even the really difficult stuff, he, he stayed calm. And when I say that, I mean that he never really panicked in the pocket when I was watching him during yesterday's practice and it was something i it was a trait i kind of noticed when i watched him on tv during college but seeing him in person you know i think it adds an extra layer to your analysis that adds an extra degree an extra layer of confidence to any analysis you have now the one the one point i do have to make is that it's it is different in game you know these practices are not always the best way to judge players because the quarterbacks are wearing red no contactors you're not allowed to hit the quarterbacks and the quarterbacks know that so it is a little bit different in games. You know, your mindset, you can understand how your mindset might be different in practice when you know you can't get hit versus in a game where you have 300 pounders bearing down on you, trying to hit you as hard as they can. But Darnold always seemed composed in the pocket. And I think just, not just in football, but in life, one of the things you, you see is that the people who are successful no matter what you're doing, no matter what, in whatever mundane daily task you're doing, are the people who don't panic when something bad is about to happen. People who can take a deep breath and understand that they have enough time to recover. You know, on the football field, a good example of that was at another position, Darrell Revis. Nobody was better at staying calm than Revis. If a guy got a step on him, Revis didn't panic. He understood that he had time to recover that he could trust his technique and he more often than not would get right back in the play and not allow to not allow a receiver to gain more ground on him and a lot of corners you'll see what they'll do is they'll panic and they'll, their technique will go out the window and they'll either commit a penalty they'll start grabbing because they don't think they have enough time to recover or they'll do something dumb and allow the receiver to gain that gain instead of one step take it to two three steps you know, that's that's one example I'd use. And I think just in general in life, you you have to understand that you have time to recover from something. You, it's The natural impulse, I think, is to panic when something goes wrong, to think that you're in trouble. And when you panic, your fundamentals go out the window and you just stop doing the things you need to do to recover. And as I watched Darnold in practice, that was one of the things that really kind of stuck out to me was how when the pass rush was bearing down, and again, this is not a pass rush that was about to hit him, so it might be a little different in the game. Now, I did not. I watched him a lot in college, and I, I noticed this trait in college as I as I watched him on TV during games. But he never panicked. He never was a, had that deer in headlights. He never started looking down at the line to take his eyes taking his eyes off his receiver. Instead, he kept his eyes down the field, and if he needed to move, he moved. He, he you know, and he, one of his best traits is his mobility. He's able to extend plays with his feet look down the field and throw on the run. So that's, you know, that's really kind of the first thing that stuck out to me. And again, I compare it to Hackenberg, who really in many ways was a deer in headlights, would panic whenever he faced a pass rush, you know, how many times his eyes looked down. And that's, you know, that's probably the best example I can use when we're talking at the quarterback position of panicking is, do you keep your feet in throwing position 
do you keep your eyes down the field? Are you still trying to make a play? Or do you panic? Do you get scared that you're going to get a hit? Kind of look at the line, brace yourself, take your eyes off your receivers. I think Darnold, well, that, that, was one, that was really the first thing that kind of jumped out to me about Darnold when I watched him. If you read a lot of the media reports from yesterday's practice, they were overwhelmingly positive. They talked about how great Darnold looked. And I, I agree it was a good day for Darnold. Now, I think there were some moments that were not so great for him. I think there were definitely moments where he, he looked like a rookie. Uh, there was one play in particular where he lost track of Lorenzo Maldon. I think he, he missed that Lorenzo Maldon was dropping into his zone and threw a dangerous pass that went through Maldon's hands. So you had moments like that. There were a few moments where balls were off target. They weren't in the spot where they needed to be. And there, look, there were a few moments where the receiver and Darnold just were not on the same page, which that's what training camp's for. I mean, there was one play where Darnold was expecting Jermaine Curse to continue a route, and Curse kind of sat in the zone, and that really was nobody's fault. That's just the type of thing that happens in training camp. So there, but there, so there were some uneven moments, and I, you know, I, I would say two thirds of the way through the practice, I actually thought Teddy Bridgewater was the best of the quarterbacks for the Jets yesterday. But I think Darnold had a very strong finish uh, to the practice, and uh, the way I describe these quarterbacks, and I don't think that this is any surprise if you follow these guys, if you know what traits these guys have. I think Bridgewater is the guy who will take care of the football. He won't make mistakes. I think the, from what I saw yesterday, the decisions that he made were generally very safe decisions, very high percentage plays. But I also felt like, and one of the things, another one of the problems with training camp is that you don't really get that good of a view because you're kind of on the field. So you, you're better, you, there's a reason that a lot of offensive coordinators uh, will sit up in the press box. They get a better view of the field, even if it means they can't coach their players directly on the field. They think it's worth it. The other issue is that you don't get replay. So if something happens during a game, I can go back and see what happened on the film. I can go back and take a look at what happened right what happened wrong in many instances I, I find out that I was wrong on the first viewing and I'll tell you about that you know during the regular season I may tell you something on a, on a Monday about what I thought happened in the game and then I'll go back and review the film on a Tuesday and tell you that I'm wrong so you don't really have that benefit in training camp but I, I felt like Bridgewater made a lot of high percentage decisions from what I saw the issue is that you know he's, he's not a guy and this has been his reputation not a guy who's going to make the big play because he's not going to want to take the chance and sometimes you know, risk, risky throws aren't always bad. They're risky. Sometimes they, they work out very well for your team, whereas Darnold's a guy who, and again, this is no, not any, probably not any surprise to you if you know the reputations of these players, but Darnold's a guy who has a reputation for making some mistakes but also making big plays because he's willing to take those chances, and I thought that played out very much. That's the way it played out yesterday, where Bridgewater made the higher percentage throws. If you're looking for the guy who made the least mistakes, I think it would be Bridgewater. But the guy who made the most plays was Darnold. Darnold fit a number of very high-difficulty throws into tight windows. Uh, so you know, I think that that's, that that's probably how I describe what happened in yesterday's practice. And Josh McCown did not get a whole lot of action, which I think is smart. And I think it's smart from this standpoint. It's not an anti-McCown statement. Because McCown may well end up being the week one starter, but McCown is 39 years old, and he's played in every system imaginable. So 
he understands all the concepts the Jets are running. I mean, he's he's done them all. He needs minimal work to get ready for the season. Whereas in Bridgewater, you have a guy who has not really played since 2015. He had a little mop-up duty last year, but a guy who really has not played since 2015. And in Darnold, you have a rookie who you're looking to get as many reps as possible. So it makes sense, and the Jets are limiting McCown's reps. And I'll tell you something, in a hot summer day, it might might just be a good idea to keep the old guy on a pitch count anyway, not wear the old guy out. So you know, I think the Jets handled it smartly from that point. So from that standpoint, I thought McCown actually had the most impressive throw of the day. He had a deep deep ball down the left sideline on one play to Charles Johnson, but he largely did not play. Instead, you had Bridgewater, who again made a lot of high percentage throws. But there were instances where I felt like there was a throw there that maybe he wasn't willing to try and fit into a window and you had Darnold whose highs whose lows were lower but whose highs were higher and I think when Darnold played well and I think he had a strong when Darnold played well he when Darnold was good he was really good and I thought he had a very strong end to the practice and in many ways I feel like if uh if Darnold's playing relatively equal to Bridgewater and McCown it's a good day for him and I'll finish by telling you the thing that left me really impressed with Darnold and that was some of the work he was doing pre-snap and I understand that I don't know exactly what plays are called in the huddle, so I don't know. I don't know completely what he's doing out there. But when he's making a signal or he's calling something out at the line, where it sounds like he's changing a play at the line, and then the Jets run the correct play where a guy's open and he gets that guy the ball, I'm going to give him credit because I think you're going to presume that he has done something correct at the line and it seems like the Jets are putting a lot of and look that's what you do in training camp but he may have a lot of responsibility at the line and I'm not the first one to tell you this but there have been instances where the Jets have given him the opportunity to make a kill call and essentially what that is is you call two plays in the huddle you call your first play but then there's a second backup play and the quarterback takes a look at the line he takes a look at what's happening and if he feels the second play would work better, he calls kill kill. He yells out kill kill before the snap, and then he, uh, and then you run the second play. And Darnold got a number of those correct. So, I you know these are just the, these are little things. But first of all, they show me the way Darnold processes the game, and second, they show me that the Jets are giving him a lot of authority at the line, which is a good thing. And which you would expect. I think part of it is in training camp. You're trying to see how much your quarterback can process. You're trying to see how much, you know, how much your quarterback can handle, so maybe you experiment with things like that. But the the work before the snap is impressing me. It impressed me. And the other thing I'd say, and I'll pick out another play, is there was one play where he had Trenton Cannon out wide, a running back, who was running back the Jets drafted in the late rounds this year, and he liked the matchup he had one-on-one. He just decided, I'm going to go to that matchup. And he threw a catchable ball, and Cannon drew a penalty. And that's just a smart, that's smart stuff. That's the stuff you like to see pre-snap, where you're identifying your matchup, and then you're attacking it and taking advantage of it when you, when you have a mismatch, when you have a back who's a good receiver out wide against a defender who cannot handle that back. I mean, that's, you know, I'm not comparing him to, I'm not saying Sam Darnold's Tom Brady, but that's one of the things Tom Brady makes a living on in New England, is Tom Brady, this, Tom Brady's the master at scanning the field pre-snap and saying, you know what, that's my matchup. And he goes out and hits it. So I think a lot to like from Darnold uh, yesterday. Uh, first impressions were pretty good. I think he had a, a solid day. So I just wanted to share that with you today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, subscribe on either iTunes or Spotify and leave the show a good review in iTunes. Hope you have a great Tuesday. We'll be back again tomorrow to talk more Jets.